0: Okay.
1: feel mm-hmm
0: Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers podcast, episode 152. Your Opinionated Benchwarmers are back to do what we do best, and that's discuss sports. Of course, Happy New Year from the fellas to the listeners, and hope you had a happy holiday. This is the first recording of the 2024 year,
1: fellas. How y'all feeling, man? Good time, man. I mean, it's 2024, man. I think we got to see each other during the holidays, man. It's it's, it's, it was, you know, a special time, man. You, you never take those times for granted to be able to spend time and spend time with family and spend time with friends and see friends. So I'm feeling good to kick off this year and really ready to get this thing going.
2: Same, man. It was definitely a good break. Always, you know, good to have that time to kind of recoup and all of that. Uh, but, man, this year been off to a pretty good start, especially, you know, just from a homer standpoint, being an LSU fan. It's been pretty much as good of a start as you can have uh, in Tiger Nation, you know, so I'm not going to get ahead of what we may discuss during the pod or any of that, man. But it's just the year has been off to a good start, so I'm not going to hold it. We can go ahead and jump straight into it, man. Hey, it's
0: 2024. It's Kobe year, right? So, you know, it's, yes, been, a good, it's been a good start to all of us in reverence to the Mamba. Rest in peace hey but look man it was nice seeing y'all over the holiday we all were in louisiana you know we, we was able to to do something really really special we can't wait to share with you guys uh on a later episode but that's coming really really soon uh the content will continue to be consistent as we've been doing for the past three to four months uh we appreciate all the love and support you guys have hang, hung in there through our hiatuses and everything and uh We enjoy doing it, so we're going to continue to do it. We're excited about 2024. We know we have some big things coming up. So, as always, we say, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast so you can get this great content. Uh, Make sure that you are following us on O underscore Benchwomers on Instagram and Twitter. We will jump right into it. Uh, Big news before we began this recording. It was announced that the legend, I mean, as as much as I can say, I'm going to try to take my biases out of this as an LSU home, of course. But Nick Saban, head coach of the University of Alabama, uh, Crimson Tide, has retired Um, after 17 years with the university. He's finally hanging it up. Uh, We know he we know the numbers that he's put up. I mean, he has six championships, uh, one with LSU, with our Tigers. He went to did a short stint with the Miami Dolphins, then came back to Bama in 07. And since then, the rest has been history there. They're the the countless NFL prospects that he's put into the league, uh, the bowl wins, uh, just the overall resume, uh, no resume uh, could compare to this one. And he will go down. I think as the greatest of all time. Uh, I think what he's done, we won't see again. Uh, You know, as far as, Him giving us pain for the past 23 years, we finally can let the hate, I mean, that not the hate, but we always respected him. We can let the past 17 years of terrorism that he's given uh, to the SEC, uh, it's been fun to watch. Um, I, I think, you know, after a while, from my perspective, just watching this guy for all of these years, you know, it's crazy to think half of my life, you know, just watching his dominance and you got to think you know just being going to LSU graduating from LSU and just seeing the the battles that LSU has had uh we've done even even segments on our favorite LSU versus Bama uh uh games but you know it, it's been something that you really kind of take for granted and you know he has Bama at the chain the championship that you when you think about it the championship playoff started 10 years ago and uh i believe Bama has been a part of every one uh, so it's just kind of like a, a a thing there where you have to kind of just give tip your hat to him. Um I am relieved, as 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 kind of <laughs> Ramon has alluded to, uh, as an LSU fan, that you know we won't have to go through through this road again. But I think he's left Bama in a way better place than it was before he got there. Um, I will tip my hat, you know, as we're recording uh, probably one of a few t- times because I can't stand Bama. But I will tell my hat in respect to this man as he'll go down as one of my as the greatest of all time. He's the number one head coach in all collegiate sports to me. He's the best to ever do it. And I hope that he can get that. I hope that his great retirement and um, can take care of those things uh, with his family and spend more time with his family and his wife. And, you know, just right off in the sunset. I think he deserves it. I don't think that this last championship game last weekend should be a blemish on his career at all. Uh, but yeah, I think that, you know, Nick has nothing to hang his head on as he knows. And, um, I hope that he has a great retirement and I wish him well. And I think that I'm going to enjoy the next 10 years of seeing Bama decline on what he was able
1: to accomplish there. So that's my spiel. Man, I think you covered it all, man. You had a five-minute relay on that panel, man. You paid your true respects to him, bro. <laughs> right, I'm trying to figure out, is he wearing a Bama what... shirt or something? <laughs> <don't> know, <laughs> Golly.
0: Hey, I'm a sports fan. I respect greatness, So,
1: No, I, I'll say it. I mean, you said you wouldn't say it, but I'll say it, man. it was been complete hate since he's been there for me. You know, he has terrorized the mess out of LSU and it's always been that way because we felt like we let a good one go right we felt like and I don't know if we necessarily let him go but we felt like we got slighted in a way where he should have been our coach for the last 20 years with we know how he took the big paycheck in Miami and then obviously left that left that situation as you mentioned Rob but like you said I'll say it man the dude has been special and we know his recruitment and the things that he's done to get talent there he's always in the top you know, we can talk about the championship six and 17 years, but how many times was he in that mix? How many times did he lose in a championship game? So if you look at that, that's almost half of his time there. He's either been in the mix for the championship or won a championship. So again, special, special coach, man. And I I said it on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it. Um, You know, this is the equivalent to Coach K leaving. You know, these are two guys that or just absolutely special and legends in their sports. You know, when they go, you got to pay respects to it because you don't see these runs like you saw with a Nick Saban, like Coach K, like a Bill Belichick. These guys, you don't see these type of runs.
2: Yeah, no, and I'll, I'll pick it up right off of that, too. You know, and even in saying that, um, uh, you know, kind of hate to take the segment and, and, you know, make Bama fans feel a certain type of way, but as you mentioned, It's not the same when those guys, you know, when those legends leave. You know, I sit here as a Duke fan. You know, y'all know I've been a Duke fan for a long time. And um, obviously still as a program, we're still recruiting at a really high clip, you know, still finishing with top two, top three classes. But Duke isn't the same without Coach K. You can see that as evidenced by this season. You can see it as evidenced by how even things look last year. It's not that same mystique to the program. It's not that same perennial top five team. You know, it's not the same when that legend leaves. Um, and so it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, what Bama does, how they try to pick up the pieces. You know, they're talking about some names that they have floating right now as potential candidates that would be replacements. But, man, who wants to come after that guy? You know, mm-hmm. who who is the one to follow the GOAT, you know, as you mentioned? And um, as you talked about, you know, Nick Saban as well, you know, I'll approach it from a place of maybe not talking as much of the last 17 years, as y'all mentioned, and the six national championships and the nine SEC titles and all of that. But just saying, man, I'm grateful for what he did for the LSU program. You know, we as LSU, you know, uh, in the 90s, we sucked. You know, we had many down years. We had many high profile recruits that were getting outside of the state. We lost your guys like Reggie Wayne. We lost your guys like Ed Reed. Obviously, we didn't weren't able to grab either of the Mannings or anything of that sort. And Nick Saban came in and said, you know what? I see what can be done with this Louisiana talent. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a fence around this Louisiana talent, and we're going to build this LSU program to be a perennial contender. And so Nick Saban came. Sounds
1: familiar, brother. Sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and came in and did that. And, and you saw essentially what was able to come up that Nick Saban came to LSU. He had the historic 2001 class that I think finished as what a top two or three class, if not the number one class, but definitely a top three class at that particular time. And that set the stone and, and precedent for what happened in 2003 with LSU winning their first national championship since 1958. So Coming from, you know, that angle of obviously we've been rivals for many years upon years and, you know, Alabama Bama getting the best of LSU for so many years. But I will say, man, I appreciate Nick Saban for what he did for this LSU program and putting us on the path that we've been on to have the second most national championships since 2000. You know, Nick Saban put us on that path, so I have to appreciate him for that. Hats off to him, seven national champions Seven national championships, the greatest of all time, historic run, man.
0: Yeah, I said I said six. I'm sorry, it's seven.
2: I'm, I'm yeah, just, it was six at Bama. It's six in the 17 yeah, years. Yeah, so you yeah, had that part. The, but yeah,
0: yeah, my bad, my bad, my bad, Nick. Uh, but 44 first round picks and 29 losses compared to 29 losses in his tenure at Alabama. So, I mean, that, that just adds to on. We could go on. I mean, I think Nick Saban could have a whole podcast episode, but we're just not going to do it here because we are LSU podcast. We all gave him his salute. We're moving on. Um, I don't think there's much more to say there. Um, But we have, you know, what we plan to do coming in here is a fun time, guys. NFL playoffs are among us. Yes, right. You know, it's my birthday weekend this weekend, and then I get to watch some NFL playoffs, which has become one of my favorite things to do for my birthday. What a wonderful present. It's The NFL gives me this present every year for my birthday. We have some very intriguing matchups. Um, First of all, before we get into playoffs, I wait, will do this.
1: Wait, wait brother. Are you going to tell them how old you're going to be this upcoming weekend?
0: I'll be 32. It'll be my magic year. So I'm very blessed to be 32 years old. Uh, I think, I thank you for these 32 years because a lot of people won't make it to there, especially where I come from. So every year, uh, that I'm able to get a little older, I thank the man above. Uh, but, um, as we jump into this thing right here, I want to talk about my new Orleans saints and I promise guys, I will not be long, but I must say this because I must give up my frustrations, uh, this past Sunday, (laughs) this past Sunday, you know the playoff scenario was that the Saints would need to take care of business, which we did. Well, we won forty-one to seventeen against the Atlanta Falcons. You're saying Thurman forty-eight,
2: huh? Oh, 48 to seven. Oh yeah,
0: forty-eight to seventeen. Thank you. Uh, I I don't know what else to say. I'm at a loss for words here. Uh, but I I will try to I'll try to get through this quickly. So we needed Jacksonville Jaguars to. I'm sorry. We needed. Um, I apologize. We needed the Bucks to lose to the Panthers, and then we also had it. We also had the opportunity to get into the playoffs if the Packers were able to beat the was, was able to if the Bears were able to beat the Packers, which didn't happen, obviously. So here we are sitting at home, nine and eight, and then not even a day later, it's reported out that we will with Dennis Allen on the hot seat and with his job is in the balance. It was reported out that we plan on retaining Dennis Dennis Allen. Uh, Now, my thing with Dennis Allen is that he's been nothing short of average. This will be the third year in a row we have not made the playoffs in that two years Dennis Allen was at the head. Um, I think that as uh, NFL front office with the Saints, I think that it's no more than a slap in the face to bring this man back. Uh, As we witnessed, because it was 48 to 17 the last Touchdown. It felt as though it was a decision that was made by the team to get Jamal Williams a touchdown, one touchdown compared to leading the NFL in rushing touchdown in the year prior. And a selfless player that did not want to, that's part of the problem. And people are saying that, oh, well, James is not coachable in this. And I disagree with Shannon. And, you know, I did, I disagree with Ankh. I report, I respect him, but I disagree with him. I get what you're saying, but it needs context. I get what he's saying about, you know, James being released that he, you know, that he should be released, that you should follow the coach's orders, but in this particular moment, that was a coach's player's moment uh, of what uh, I don't think that there's players' coaches that would have got that moment wrong, I think Dennis Allen did, which is why the players were put in that position to make that type of decision. Uh, but here we are. Um, I think that, you know, I think that we're, in as Saints fans, I'll I, I say it here, if you're a Saints fan and a Saints, listen, I keep it short here, we're entering into some dark years. I thought that the decision of head coach and what we would do going forward would tell us what the organization and what direction we're going into. And I think that if we're bringing back mediocrity with Dennis Allen, we're giving, uh, um, we're giving Derek Carr a four year $150 million contract without proving anything. Um, and, and we're making these types of decisions. We got a Pete Carmichael who was, who has led one of the worst offices in the past two seasons, um, we're there's no word on him whether his job is hot or not as we record this, but he still has his job. We're going into some very, very dark years, and I hope that you're prepared. Uh doesn't seem like Miss Benson is as engaged as she should be or the front office. Uh, uh so I just want to be the point for one. This I hate to put a damper on the podcast, but here we are. And I think that we can blame anybody, but us. we can't blame anybody but ourselves because we continue to buy these tickets. We continue to buy the gear. We continue to support this team. But we, we have to really take a real look at this front office and ask ourselves, do they really care about winning? Do they really care about, about creating a formidable uh, franchise? So that's my spiel before we jump into the playoffs.
1: No, no, I think that's a a legit spill. And then when I think about the Saints over the last few years, I just think about mediocre, especially under Dennis Allen. And it's just been plumb mediocre. And, I mean, you look at a team like the Titans, right, a team that's lost or back-to-back years where in 2022 you had the coach of the year and then they go two back-to-back losing seasons and they get rid of this guy. You know, they they cut them. And I mean, you look at the Saints who haven't done nothing in the last two years, and they telling them they're gonna give him another chance. Like, why? This in this day and age, you see that things were broken this year, you see that nothing is working this year, you know, and you look at the future of this team, you're like, all right, I got some aging vets on this team. Where are we in what 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 where are we going with this team? Right now, as a fan, if I was a fan, I would be upset because there's no clear direction, there's no youth movement. There's nothing really going on with this team. You got some young, good pieces and spots, but there's no direction when you're just missing the playoffs every year. If you're going to shut the thing down and rebuild, then do that. Get rid of these vets and rebuild this thing. Then maybe the fans will understand where you're going. Right now, you're giving these fans this fake hope every year. You keep picking these quarterbacks and these quarterbacks getting you on the hook for years on years and then... Um, they're not the quarterbacks of the future. And now you're on the hook with all this money and you're trying to decide which kills your cap. It's just right now, it's just a mess and nobody wants to admit it. But I, like you mentioned, I don't I don't know if they know what they're doing, the people that is in charge right now, because there's no clear direction with the team.
2: Yeah, I was trying to see for a second. You almost slipped up with that as a fan thing or whatever there. I did. Not, now it, comes <laughs> I like, not, whoa, not whoa. it all makes
0: sense for me. Yeah. Now it all makes sense. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but, I mean, y'all y'all basically said it, man. I, I think the biggest thing is that, to me, when you look at the Saints and you look at that roster, I feel like y'all were in a place of, like, having a window. I mean, to me, in my opinion, that is still a talented roster. And I think that you've seen another season just kind of go to the wayside, a season being wasted where you still have talent to be able to contend. And so, you know, I think that ultimately what you're able to see just as you referenced to it with that last play, is that ultimately Dennis Allen is disconnected from the team and the team is not like they don't value him as the voice and the leader of that squad. Like he has lost that team in certain respects and aspects and what they did in that moment, which I don't disagree with at all, I I actually support Jameis and what he did in that moment. I support the team and what they did in that moment. Yeah, me too. I do. Yeah. And so I don't think that they did anything wrong in that moment, but I think that that would have been an opportunity for Dennis Allen to build some even goodwill to that locker room, if he stood up for his guys in that moment, if he didn't wilt right man, there, man, I'm
0: preaching right now. He yeah, I'm preaching.
2: Keep going. Keep <laughs> if going. he didn't just wilt in that moment and go instantly and start apologizing when he got approached, and then the thing about it, he comes in the post game and he's apologizing and saying they went rogue and all that kind of stuff. If he has stood with his guys, if he stood on business right there, I think he could have had a chance to even potentially right the ship and get the locker room maybe back. But you're going to now see he's going to be wasted. The Saints are going to waste another season where they're going to have a guy that that team does not believe in. That team is not galvanized by and a guy that really should not be a head coach at this point. He is a defensive coordinator. That's what he should be. That's what his role should be. He's not a head guy. They should be getting Pete Carmichael out of there. I don't care the fact that, of course, the last game they put up 48. It still is what it is when you look at the entire season. And so, as both of y'all have mentioned, now it's going to put the Saints in a place where maybe they're continuing to be in mediocrity. And to me, that's the worst place to be in the league. Either you want to be, obviously, you want to be great. But if you're not great, you want to be terrible so that you can be getting assets to be great. Yeah, man, we are in some dark years, man. Yeah, so I mean, uh, hopefully,
0: sixteen and eighteen, bro, and we about to bring them back for for another round. So I let's just move on.
2: (laughs) Not you, you just got depressed right there in the moment. You don't even want to talk about it anymore. (laughs) Once you got it off your chest, now you're ready to move on.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's let's at least talk about the teams that made the playoffs. We can we can yeah,
0: let's let's get into that, man. Let's get into it. As as, as as Los we'll, we'll, we'll let Los have the floor. Of course, the Rams were able to squeak into the playoffs as a sixth seed. We'll start there in the NFC. Uh, one of our fellow podcasters, one of our fellow co-hosts team has made the playoffs. Um, yeah, man, they got a big game against the Lions, which I will be locked in. I love the stories behind it. But yeah, Los, just take it away, man. How you feeling about that matchup?
1: Hey, first, I want to say I want to pay respects to Rob. He's seen it before I did. You know, if you listen to this podcast, maybe 10 episodes, five, I don't know, somewhere around there. A few episodes ago, I was not a believer when we were three and six, and I just did not see the picture. And I I was on full tank mode. Let's go ahead and just get us a Jaden Daniels. I was just all on the full tank mode. And this team really just hit a switch after the bye and, you know, made it made me a believer that they are a playoff team. Now, I'm going to be realistic about my team. I'm not going to come on here and I'm going to say, hey, you know, this is a championship year. This does not feel like the year when we had Beckham, when we had Von Miller on there where we were set up for a championship. This does not feel like that this year. You know, we will be on the road most of the most of the time and we ha- will have tough matchups, you know, being a lower seed um, starting off with that Detroit game. Um, and in Detroit, I mean, when you think about this, this game, this is and this is why we are in that prime spot, that prime time spot. This weekend, Sunday, you know, uh, ADT is because of the storyline, because of golf. We got rid of golf in a year later with Matthew Stafford, won a championship. You know, that's huge. You know that we always thought we were a quarterback away. We got to a championship with Jared Goff and lost in that where we felt like, you know, we needed a quarterback to carry us to wins and to make special plays. And golf was just not that He, he is a guy. He'll forever be a guy that need the the O-line in front of him. He needs special guys around him. Not all quarterbacks need something around them. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that he is not your best off-script guy where he's going to make a no-look throw, where he's going to look off the safety and make all these special throws that Stafford made to get to a championship. So it's going to be interesting. My guess is, and I'm not just saying this, I think the Lions is going to be close because we're a well-coached team, but I think the Lions get this W. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I pray I'm wrong. And we're talking about the Rams next week. But I think the I think Jared Goff is motivated and Jared Goff is going to come off, come out on fire to prove like, hey, y'all made a mistake giving up on me that soon. So um, if he doesn't if he doesn't show up in this, I don't know how the narrative would go for him for the rest of his career.
2: Yeah, no, I definitely think that that's going to be a very interesting angle of this matchup. Uh, Definitely to me should be. Uh, one of potentially the best matchups that we'll have this this weekend. Honestly, um, I think that you see, you know, really a Detroit team that is they're inexperienced. I mean, a team that a uh, franchise hasn't made the playoffs since 2016, have not won a playoff game since 1991. Uh, and so you see, really, an organization uh, that's not used to success, and so. Um, it's going to be very interesting to me. How do they handle this stage? You know, it's the difference of you building a winning culture and you are being able to string together regular season wins. But how do you build that and, and how do you handle now when you're on the big stage, when you're in the postseason, when it all comes down to it? You know, if it comes down to a big moment or it comes down to a big drive, you know, how do they handle that? Uh, I think ultimately, I do think that they are technically, in my opinion, a better team at this point. So I would honestly favor them as well, too. Um, but you look at the Rams um, being the more experienced team, even though they do have, you know, had some turnover obviously with the roster and different things of that sort, they still all together are more experienced team. So that's the thing that could be the great equalizer within this matchup. Um, and I think you look at, to me, two pretty potent offenses, you know, in this matchup, it could turn into a high scoring affair. I'm looking forward to the
0: matchup. It's like, Carlos said, "I mean, a lot of a lot of guys in the league. It really tells you about their mentality in games like this. Yeah, golf. You, you know, we have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to prove that you made a mistake. I mean, I know guys. I, I know we we talked about Kobe earlier. I know you know some guys in in that's out there. Some athletes, not even him. I mean, you look at you know a Tom Brady and chip that he had on his shoulder. It's some guys that's built different. So I think out of everything of this matchup." I really want to see what Jared Goff is made of because to me, if he throws any less than three hundred yards, uh, three fifty, anything less than that, and four touchdowns, with a team that got rid of you, that lets me know your mentality. If this, if this team is not is able to win in spite of you, you know, not alone, not because of you, I'm looking at you. I think that this is the game where we can look at Jared Goff and say that is Jared Goff built like that or is he not? And I think that. Will he step on this stage? Now I will say this: I'm not ready to dismiss the Rams. I'm not. I don't share that sentiment with you guys. I think that the Rams. Not that you guys dismissed them. No, don't get me wrong. But what I will say is that you got a guy on the other side in Matthew Stafford that has a Super Bowl ring. He has been on this stage before. He, and Jerry Goff, on the opposite end, is not the savvy. Is a veteran, but he's not more of a veteran than Matthew Stafford. So, I mean, I think that I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams were able to pull this off when you got two of the top ten receivers in the league on your team in Puka and Cooper Cup. And you got Kyron Williams, who's running like a top three back in the league. Yes, I said a top three back in the league. He is running that way right now. So whenever you have those factors that's factoring in and you got Aaron Donald on the side who's been the best player for the past, I don't know, what, six to seven years in the entire league, I think you have a chance. Um, I think I'm gonna go the opposite here on the podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the Rams win on a swingers punch. I think it's gonna be very very close, but I think the Rams find a way to squeak it out. And um, I think that that Lose will be we'll be talking about Los team next weekend. So it'll be a wild we say a wild wild weekend, right? Wild 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 card weekend. Well, that, well you take I'll take that as my upset uh, for wild card weekend.
1: Real quick, I'll just add this and. You know, we talked about and you talking about Jared Goff's mentality, you know, and right now, every press conference up to this game, he's getting 100 questions asked about Sean McVay and the Rams. Um, one of the just for the listeners, one of the um, uh, I don't know, one of the reporters asked him, uh, does he have a chip on his shoulder since the trade? And he said, absolutely. I don't think that chip will ever leave my shoulder, you know, since that trade. So we will see, like you said, Rob, what the mentality is. He says he's going in there and for him to boldly say that out before the game that, Hey, yeah, but I mean, it's obvious, but at the same time him putting it out there, he's letting him know that he's motivated to beat us. And he wants to win for the city of Detroit who hasn't won a playoff game and who God knows when.
0: Yo, but yeah, I, I think that we could get back on schedule with the, you know, of course with the super wild card weekend, of course we had to, you know, our brother's team is in there. Uh, I'm not going to lie to him and say that we're all aligned because we're brothers. I hope that the Rams fall on their pl- on their face, even though I was the only one to pick them to win. But, you know, I have a job to do here. The listeners rely on me to pump out the content, so I have to give an objective opinion. But the personal mentality with me and my heart, I don't like the Rams. I hope that they fall on their face. So I hope that Jared Goff do like y'all up for five touchdowns, 500 passing yards, and no interceptions. I hope that he do it. On, this, on uh, Sunday. Anyway. So we'll jump back on schedule. So the first game that we have on the slate for, for a wild card weekend, which is a sneaky good game, is that number five and number four matchup in Houston. Uh, the Cleveland Browns versus the Houston Texans, which is very interesting because if you remember, guys, week 16, C.J. Stroud did not play. I think he had a concussion. Uh, he was in concussion protocol. So he'll be there. And that particular game, the Browns were able to win. Uh, it was a 36 22 win by Cleveland. Um, guys, I want your pick. I want you, you know, a little bit about the matchup and, uh, just your thoughts. Yeah. What's up?
2: Uh, I mean, I, I guess in, in segueing into it, um, Uh, This is probably a tougher matchup for me to talk about, so I don't even know why I'm the one uh, to first kind of go into (laughs) it. Yeah, you kind
0: of let – you did not want to lead off. (laughs) Yeah. uh,
2: Yeah. So I'm the one who has to go into it because obviously – For uh,
0: context listeners, you know, Ramon is an avid Colts fan, probably the only one I know in my life, so.
2: Yeah, so uh, obviously I'm reeling after that loss that we had that – end up causing the Texans to, to be in this position to, to play this game. But in uh, and, and taking a step back from it, uh, obviously we talked about it throughout the, the course of this season, really the turnaround as, you know, being orchestrated by D'Amico Ryans to that organization, uh, looking at the defense that was really one of the worst defenses before he came in and took over and is now, elevated into a very respectable defense uh but we know that pretty much most of the story too this year has been what cj stroud has been able to do and so now we're gonna really see what a rookie quarterback is made of to be put on this big stage uh to have this opportunity uh to host a playoff game uh against the cleveland browns that we know has been a bonnet defense obviously this year we know what they bring on that side of the ball um And honestly, when I look at this matchup and take a step back, I just have always believed in CJ Stroud, man. I just have always believed in that guy since his sophomore year, really in college, you know, where I really started to pay attention to who he is. And I think that he has this grand opportunity. I want to see um i haven't checked so i'm gonna have to go back and look to see if he's gonna get some of his guys back because he was definitely they were depleted weapons wise uh i know that pretty much obviously they had nico collins in the last game but were really depleted in some of their other weapons and so i think that that is a big deciding factor in this matchup if he can get some of his guys back then i'm leaning towards the texans uh at this particular point but it kind of pains me to say that as as a division rival
1: I'll say this, and, and, you know, and I'll say this with the thought of and with this in mind, I am the Pick'em champion. I have won by 10-plus games this year in our Pick'em League, Pick'em, where we do picks and pick who's going to win each game. These guys know they crowned me, and they're going to send me my money this week. So with that in mind, to the listeners, with that in mind, the Browns are going to win this game, and it's not going to even be close. I'm going to say that the Browns are going to handle this game. Miles Garrett is going to take care of business. Their defense is good. Joe Flacco has come plumb off the couch, literally off the couch and look like Super Bowl Joe Flacco. And when I look at that, the biggest thing I'm I'm worried about is what the health of Amari Cooper is going to be. He's resting up this week. He's missed the last week or two. Um, I think they do get him back. And if they win, they get him back. I think it's a slam dunk. I think they have the weapons. I think um, Njoku has come on. Their defense is real. I think they handle them handily. You know, I think they really handle the rookie. It's it's already special what the rookie has done with that team and the rookie coach just getting there. This is going to be the year where they be like, okay, we got there. The next year we're going to hear, let's go further. But they're not going to go further than this first round. You can promise that.
0: I, I like that plug. I think half the battle with the pick is remembering to make your pick on Thursday nights, and that's what get me every year. I started off on fire remembering, but remembering to set that pick, that's that's why we gave up 10 games to Lowe's. But neither here nor there, I think that it's going to be a good matchup. Um, I think that when you look at it, competent quarterback play is very important in games like this. Um, I do agree. I think Cleveland's defense is for real. We've been saying it for the past two seasons that all they need is a quarterback. They thought they found one in Deshaun Watson, and he hasn't been himself, and then he found himself injured. Um, I pay in a way, you know, this has nothing to do with this, but, uh, you know, the first game after him being reported that he missed a season, and he, they were playing the Cincinnati Bengals. You see Joe Burrow, who's injured, who's reported to be out for the season. He has the head, head gear on. He's reviewing film on the sideline, on, on, the, on the iPad. He's engaged, and then you see you pan away to Deshaun Watson. He's in the skybox with shades on, and with his uh, beautiful young lady on his arm, not engaged at all. I think that that is the difference in you know in 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 this thing. But in the mentality of Cleveland, I don't think they deserve it. So I'm gonna go with the Texans. I'm gonna go with D'Amico Ryans and having this defense together. I think that Joe Flacco is old. And I think what he's done has been nothing short of phenomenal. But I think that at 38, 39 years old, his luck got to run out at some point. I think the Texans squeak it out. It's going to be close. I think that it's going to be, I think we're going to have a funky score. I think it's going to be 17 to 16. And I think the Texans
1: advance here. Man, I wish I really wish we could do another like playoff pick'em, man. It would be easy, money. Set it up. Rack easy, them up. I'm sure easy, they have easy a money. You double or nothing? Easy. Double nothing.
0: <laughs> easy reminds, Do they, they I'm sure they have a playoff pick'em. Pick oh them.
2: my god. I'm sure I can find it. I'm sure I can find uh, it. I yeah, cannot wait. I okay, cannot believe do y'all it. Pick, I cannot
1: do believe it. y'all picking the Texans. That's I cannot true. believe y'all picking the Texans. The I'm, it's, I'm
0: telling you, right. I, it's I, I and I gave I, y'all a score. And I are we doing that? Are we giving predictions and the score? Because I'm giving the score. Do, do your thing,
1: because it's not gonna be close. I
2: don't know. I don't know. We'll see, man. We'll see. I'll see if I can find that that pick em. Uh The biggest so thing Should we be-
0: give up our picks on this podcast if we're doing a pick? Em? <laughs>
2: Facts. <laughs> I know that's a good point. Yeah, it's a really <laughs> good point. Scrap, scrap the picker, man. I mean, we yeah. did it
0: for the NFL season, but I'm not trying to do that with a child because I'm already tight that I lost, so I ain't trying yeah. to, do yeah, yeah. And what's we'll, again,
2: yeah, we'll just wait to uh-uh. the NCAA tournament that I always win to have another competition. But oh,
0: <laughs> anyway, we're moving on to the Dolphins and Chiefs. It's already been reported that the game is in Kansas City, obviously, but it's been reported that this will be the coldest football game I don't know if ever played, I think it's said. I think it's going to be pretty chilly up there. That makes it easy for me. I know the Chiefs have been sputtering all season, uh, but I got to go with Patrick Mahomes. I don't think that those Miami Dolphins are ready to go up in that cold and play. I I really don't. I, I highly doubt it. I don't think Coach McDaniels want to be up there. You know, he's a cool guy with his shades on. Uh, they used to that Miami South Beach weather, man. I don't think that they're gonna be ready to play. Uh, so give me the Chiefs. Uh, I I I'm really leaning on a score. Um I think that the, the Dolphins will put up a touchdown. Uh give me 13 to 13 to 23. I think it's gonna be a very weird score. 23 to 13 is my score, and I'm going uh Chiefs here.
1: Uh, I think that's a good prediction. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm going to be right there with you. I'm going to go with the, um, the Chiefs. I just think I, I have no trust in Tua and what Tua has been doing down the stretch. Um, you know, it would be nice to know if they're going to get Waddle back. You know, they obviously just cannot depend on only Tariq Hill, and he's going into the playoffs banged up too with a couple leg injuries, ankle and I believe a quad injury. So when you're looking at that and, you know, you and Waddle's been banged up and missed games He's looking at that, and their offense has been inconsistent. Who knows if they're going to have their running back, most back who led the league in touchdowns. So all that combined, looking at that, you don't know what you're going to get on the side of the Dolphins. And I think, you know, with an experienced chief team, a chief team that normally is used to having that first-round buy, right, and dominating, they don't have that. I think they come in there and they take care of business based off their experience alone.
2: Yeah, and I think when you look at it, man, y'all kind of alluded to it, but what what big game has the Dolphins won all season? I think the one matchup where they had, you know, a premier matchup, a primetime matchup, or a team, you know, really over five hundred, they beat Dallas. And besides that, most of those big-time matchups, they lost, and a lot of them they actually lost pretty handily. And so uh, I have no confidence in this team being able to step up to the moment and um, going into Arrowhead and beating the Kansas City Chiefs, especially with the way that that Chiefs defense has been playing. And it's kind of crazy to sit here on this podcast and just talk about the Chiefs and talk about from a defensive standpoint, that being the way that they're going to make a run this year. Uh, but that defense is truly legit. Um, and so ultimately, you know, I'm going to Chiefs with this one as well, too. And then you got to think about it. The Dolphins have had some uh I think I don't know if y'all mentioned it, but had some very detrimental
0: injuries as well Mm -hmm. on that side of the ball. So, I mean, I, you know, but that weather and it being cold along and them coming from Miami, I think it will impact Tua. I think it will impact this team. Uh, But let's move along Sunday. Probably the least interesting game on the slate. We got the number seven Steelers who squeaked into the playoffs. And ultimately, always squeak into the playoffs. Now they they did lose TJ Watt in that game in Week 18, so that will impact that defense. We don't know if he'll play. I will guess and say he won't against the Bills on um on this upcoming Sunday. Uh, I'm not looking forward to it, as you know, guys. The Bills have really been looking pretty good the past few weeks of the season. Uh, give me the bills. Um, I don't think it'll be necessarily close. Uh, give me the bills 24 to 3. I hope that my fiance does not I, listen to this episode. I was, I was just about to say, you better be careful. Over the- <laughs> I <laughs> hope she does not listen to this episode, but 24 to 3 bills.
1: My boy ain't going to have nowhere to stay over here trying to podcast. And for context fan listeners uh my fiance is a is a Steelers fan so that's why that's what yeah I mean the Steelers have they've been running hot and I think let's give some uh respect to Mason Rudolph who's he's been playing pretty well for that team surprisingly um so but again I say all that you know I'm just trying to stay in good graces with the Steelers fan myself so I have to say a couple positive things about (laughs) the Steelers myself (laughs) but uh, I gotta live you don't (laughs) 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 Right. So uh, I, I'm right there with you. I think the Bills take care of business. I think ever since Joe Brady took over that offense, you've seen a different offense. It's not, it hasn't been the same old feed, uh, Stephon Diggs offense and air it out. It's been more of a little bit more run heavy. We got playoff uh, Lenny over there now who has been activated over. Um, I cannot think of the backup running back. Uh, uh, Latavius Murray. He's been activated over Latavius Murray the last couple games, which speaks to them ramping him up. Um, and they've been running heavy. Let's talk about Cooks. They've been letting Cook cook, and he's been doing good, and he's been playing well on that team. So um, as long as they don't get too pass heavy um, with <laughs> with obviously um, – uh, Josh
2: Allen and Stefan Diggs. Thank you.
1: Uh, I'm just drawing a blank. Yeah, with Josh <laughs> Allen and Diggs you know, I think they'll be fine and take care of at least the Steelers. I don't got them as a Super Bowl team, but I think they'll at least take care of the Steelers.
2: Yeah, I I feel that same way, man. I feel that like the Steelers, they ultimately, to me, are a team uh, that's really has overperformed based upon, to me, how great of a coach Mike Tomlin is. Like, we got to give our hats off, just like we talked about, what, 17 years with Nick Saban. Uh, we got to talk about the fact what I think Mike Tomlin is going 17 years with the Steelers without a losing record. Uh, so we got to give you know hats off to him for that and what he's done with that franchise. You think
0: he want to come down south to New Orleans?
2: <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Uh, but I think that ultimately, man, you know, when we look at it, because that franchise has overachieved for years due to Mike Tomlin being such an excellent coach. Um, you know, I think that when it gets down to playoffs, that's when you've seen them really falter. Uh, they have not won a playoff game I think since 2016. Um, and I don't think you will see that trend change uh, in this upcoming playoffs. I think that uh, ultimately uh, that Buffalo will take care of business and will win this one.
0: I like it, man. I like it, and I just want to add in a, a little bit of nugget. You guys did not mention the score.
2: I don't think I have score predictions in me right now. I'm gonna have to, I mean, to circle back.
1: I, I got a score prediction. Uh, prediction uh, I, I got 28 to 21 um, I think hmm. I think just because they're a well-coached team the, the Steelers remind me so much of the, the same Rams thing. right where Is your
0: offense good defense not
1: no not in that aspect but where they do a lot with a little like with not that much talent because they they have a well-coached team you know um, and I'm blanking on the head coach of the Steelers right now.
2: Uh-huh. Mike Tomlin, man. Mike we Tomlin, just, bro. This Come is on, a whole segment, segment on Mike
1: hey, Tomlin. And your- I know. Listen, guys. it's When you – look, it's been a long day, all right? <laughs> <laughs> we record this at night. It's been a long day. This brain, <laughs> get this brain going. But I'm here. All right, Mike Tomlin. So, yeah, so Mike Tomlin has always gotten the best out of his guys. I think they'll at least keep it competitive, and I think they're going to score points. I mean, Mason Rudolph has been special, that, and I don't think the Bills' defense is anything special, and they can be scored on. So, I
2: think it's going to be 21-28. All right, fellas. Well, since I didn't make a score prediction, I'll be the only one. I'll, I'll go 24-17. I don't
0: know. Where y'all getting all these points from the Steelers from? But anyway, we got the Packers and the Cowboys, fellas. Uh, I Again, I, I don't think this is, will be entertaining. I think the Cowboys handle business. We all know that those Cowboys play different in Arlington. They are a different team in Arlington. Jordan Love. His uh, first year as the as the guy uh inexperienced coming into Arlington. I think he has a rough day with that Cowboys defense. Uh, I'm not expecting uh I, I think that the, the Packers maybe a squeak out one touchdown. Uh so I'm gonna go, I don't think it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna be like 31 to seven Cowboys. And I think that they're gonna be all excited. The fans are gonna be all excited. Oh, this is our year. We're gonna be a Super Bowl contender. And then they are they then the Cowboys disappoint them again. But I'm gonna go 31-7, uh, Cowboys in this
2: one. Man, you took my 31 over there, bro. I was gonna go 31-13, Cowboys, uh, for some of the same reasons. Obviously, Jordan Love first playoffs uh very inexperienced and i do think that that dallas defense when they get it rolling they can be special in those moments when they get it rolling i think you'll see a couple interceptions from jordan love uh i'm a car right now two interceptions from him uh and i think that dallas will well will my get it prop going.
0: better is two two interceptions but i want to hop on that prop <laughs> right now
2: yeah um so so uh, that's when i'm rolling with that i think that dallas will, will take this one
1: yeah, I'm going to finish the, cl- the clean sweep here. I got Dallas as well. Uh, but, again, I don't think it's going to be a, as dominant as you guys think. But um, I think they're going to only win by maybe 10. I got 20 to 30. Interesting.
0: So, we'll skip the Rams and Lions we discussed that, But we'll wrap up on Monday night. Uh, Joe Buck, our boys Joe Buck and Troy Aikman get the call. We got the Eagles versus the Buccaneers. Um Man, I the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't know what to think about this matchup. They have been sputtering for the past month and a half. Jalen Hurts got me questioning, is he really that good as people was trying to make him? Uh, I mean, they're a little banged up as well with Devontae. I don't know if he's going to play or not. Uh, hopefully he does. Uh, I mean, this team is really sputtering into the playoffs. But with that being said, the Bucks didn't look too hot the week 18. They almost let the Panthers beat them. Uh, so I think the Eagles squirt this out. I don't think that it'll be high scoring. I think you you get a score like um, let me give let me give me give me 17 to 17 to 13 uh Eagles will take care of big business in Tampa Bay.
1: No way, Jose. I got the Bucs winning this one. I think the Eagles are falling Ooh, apart.
0: Upset alert.
1: I just think the Eagles are falling apart at the scene. They got injuries going into this game. Both of the receivers are banged up. We got we obviously saw the viral clip of Jalen Hurts and his dislocated finger. It's just they have not been the same. They tried to change defensive coordinators. I don't know why they did that. I think that derailed chemistry. Honestly, I think that really not that's not being talked about a lot. But when they change defensive coordinators towards the end of the season, When you take a coach out and put in another coach that I have seen historically, even when his time when he was in Detroit, that he's not a a uh, player favorite. I can see that derailing a team in the locker room. We seen that the things that was going on with A.J. Brown in the locker room. And they're saying that his fits and the things that he's got going on has been really killing chemistry. I just think that team. Right now, they're not a team, right? And it takes a team game to win these games. I think any little adversity that they get during this game is going to probably make them melt down. I got the Bucks who's been playing good football. And wow, I almost called him Johnny Manziel. Wow. Yeah. Baker Mayfield has been playing huge, you know, um, after replacing a legend. they We all thought that the Bucks were done after Tom Brady retired. But we, let's take our hat off to Baker Mayfield, who – continue to win that division that doesn't have much talent in it let's be honest you know that division is trash starting with the Saints so anyway moving on I'm just messing I just really want to poke <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> but anyway I mean it, to, for him to come in there I think he's going to continue to be hot I think he's going to continue and win this first playoff games against the Eagles the Eagles will be upset this weekend
2: uh I'm, I'm gonna go the opposite way um and maybe I don't know, man. I, I just can't potentially just fully get away from that little bit, that little glimmer with the Eagles that you've seen, uh, you know, over these last couple of years and even throughout the course of the season. I have it being a 27-24 game. Uh, I think the Eagles find a way to squeak it out. Um, I feel that even though we have had concerns with him, I feel that Jalen Hurts rises to the occasion. Um, you know, hopefully they can have Devontae Smith. Hopefully he'll be able to play. Uh, but ultimately, it's just something I feel like the Eagles are going to have one of those games where they just come and squeak it out, man. And so I'm I'm going with the Eagles.
0: All right. Uh, Los did not give his score.
1: Man, good catch, man. Uh, I'm going to go for this game. I think we're going to be looking at I don't think it's going to be plenty of points scored. So I'm going to go 21-17. All right, you heard it here first.
0: Uh man, these are predictions. Again, I'm excited to see how this turns out. Uh, you you guys, I hope that you enjoy your wild card weekend. Hopefully that you enjoy some football this weekend with your families and just relax and enjoy it, man. I think we're in for a fun ride. The picks are in from OB. Uh so uh lock in with us. Of course, we appreciate you for the love and support that you have given us. Uh, like we said, I mean, this is the first one of the year, many more to come. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, O underscore warmers on Twitter. I'm sorry. I said subscribe to the podcast. I'm getting a little rusty. Starting the year off a little bumpy here, but I'll have it by the end of the year. <laughs> make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Uh, make sure that you are uh, that you're following us. On social media, O underscore Ben Tormas on Twitter and Instagram. And until next time, we out
2: of here.
1: Later.